Welcome to Tech Talks. And in this episode, we are going to talk about NI with the lovely Susan Storm. And she's the author and owner of Psychology Junkie, uh, a website with many MBTR articles. Uh, her test uh, for the MBTI is amazing. Uh, like I said, it types sensors the most accurate out of all the free tests I've tried. She has really great calming articles during this, you know, this very tense time where the coronavirus is like she's really considerate and she's writing like calming articles for each type. So I'll link them below as well. But yeah, check out her website because like she's many adjectives of great, like she's wonderful, <laughs> splendid, and just fantastic. Like it describes her character because she truly is like a kind person. So I'm not only promoting her site, but I'm promoting her as a human being because she just exudes uh, kindness. So welcome Aww. to Norm. <laughs> Thank you. Now I'm worried I'm going to like mess up the, you just described me so like compassionately and nicely and I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> I'll have to tell, I'll have to tell my kids this anytime they're giving me a hard time about being like a strict mom or whatever it is. I'll just show them this clip and be like, see, someone thinks I'm a nice person. Yes. <laughs> I think Susan is the benchmark of a kind human being. So, <laughs> uh, compliments, you know, aside, we're going to talk about NI today. And Susan, what are your thoughts on introverted intuition? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have so many thoughts. It's hard to, you know, sum it up real, like, really quickly. I think um, introverted intuition for me, um, it allows me to future forecast how things are likely to play out at a certain point. It allows me to be very strategic in what I'm doing because I'm always anticipating what are going to be the after effects of this action. It's like um, every decision I make is like, you know, the first domino in a row of dominoes. <laughs> you know, if you ever, I don't know if you were ever a kid and you set up like dominoes and then have them all fall down. And so everything has like ripple, a ripple effect. And I feel like introvert intuition helps people to be aware of that ripple effect. Um, and sometimes in a very optimistic way, like I anticipate this amazing, beautiful thing is going to happen and I'm going to make the right moves to make that actually occur. Um, sometimes it can make you kind of anticipate things that are not so great. Um, but it's always been a something I naturally think that way without ever trying to do so. It's just always in my brain as I do something, I think what's the after effect of this action um, and I definitely look for symbolic meaning in things that I'm experiencing. And when I, when I, um, I'm trying to express myself, um, I, in my head, instead of just words, I usually have like a picture or symbol <clears throat> rather than just like a dialogue. Um, and sometimes explaining that in getting it into words verbally can be a little tricky sometimes. Um, I think that's where you get a lot of INFJs who feel like they're not understood or they have trouble communicating their their insights and things like that because they have these more um, more of a, what am I thinking of, like pictures in their mind and symbols in their mind rather than just words and then getting that lined up with a dialogue you can express verbally can be a little difficult. Um, that was really well said. Yeah, like, you. I related a lot to it. So like, really good. <laughs> um, so introverted intuition seems to deal with outcomes and eventualities. It kind of like, when you said domino effect and ripple effect, like, those are things that have always stuck out to me. I'm like, I noticed the ripple to eventual nows. So it's kind of like noticing the the butterfly effect or the chain reaction yeah. that leads to eventual outcomes. Yeah. And it's when you mentioned symbolism, uh, I feel like NI, uh, it, it's kind of like it operates on impressions like SI does. So I think someone mm -hmm. with SI may also relate to symbols, but yeah. in a different yeah. way, which we'll parse out in a different video. Mm -hmm. but, um, NI is very like, it notices the trajectory of certain things, whether it has a good trajectory or a bad trajectory. And it's like, um, it notices the cycles, what Nate Rasa calls it. It's like NI is aware that if nothing changes, um, that certain cycles play out. Yeah, that's a great example. 
he's a really he's a really great um explainer when it comes to the cognitive functions i've noticed for sure he is definitely um, another component of NI, you mentioned in your book, go read Susan's book, it's called Discovering <laughs> You. Um, and basically you mentioned NI asks itself, what does this really mean? So it's kind of yeah. like looking beyond surface realities to get at the underlying meaning of things. <laughs> yes, one way that I always think of it is, I don't know if you do a lot of cooking, but when you cook with an onion, right? Like, at least for me, you're like, take off the brown outer layers and throw them away to get to the other part and then you cut it up and everything. I feel like everything I see on the surface and all my interactions is that brown outer layer that I'm like, okay, great, but what's what's going on inside? Um, and that's what I'm always trying to figure out. And sometimes it means I read into things I don't even need to read into. Um, like I'm married to an ESTP and that's something that he's always like, he's like telling me, it's just what it is. You don't have to like read into this, Susie, and um, because it's kind of the opposite more for him. Um, but yeah, that is definitely, I think, a huge component of introverted intuition. Yeah, and it's almost like if we don't get to the core layer of the onion, it feels like a open loop. It's like we're frustrated and we kind of want to resolve that. It's like, okay, yeah. so how do I get closer to understanding it beyond the outside? And like, the brain won't leave it alone. It's kind of like narrowing down to figure it out. And it's, yeah, yeah it feels like that. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's stressful. It's like, I can't, um, I can't move on with the next thought or the next thing until I've completed this loop um, and found the answer. Um, one thing, I don't know if it's hard for you. I know it's hard for everyone right now with this coronavirus or COVID-19. Um, is my brain is naturally like trying to foresee and anticipate all the things that will happen because of this. And, um, you know, because so much is up in the air still right now, I'm not able to settle on the best, most likely outcome. And so it's stressing me out and it's stressing everyone out regardless of type. But um, that's one thing where my brain is continuously like on this loop of like, where is this going to be in the year? Where is this going to be in five years? And because I don't have an answer for that, um, it just keeps looping around in my brain. I don't know if you've been experiencing that. Yeah, I have that with like general phenomenon too, as well. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, I can't help, but like, I don't just see that thing. I see the dominoes connected to that thing. So yeah. it's like infuriating because I need to know where those dominoes lead because yeah. those are important because the outcomes are important. They affect things. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. It, that with type six can be quite uh, a, a tough time because yeah. you, you're kind of seeing the dominoes and you're like, well, something has to change for the outcome to be different, but no one is as like, they, they don't see the same thing as you do. So what mm. happens is that like, you have this thread of anxiety tied to this very real thing that you're seeing, but no yeah. one else really gets exactly why you're that nervous. And sometimes it's dismissed and your reality isn't seen as valid because you see the eventual outcome, but other people don't. So it's like, it feels like our, our, our perception of the world is dismissed sometimes. <laughs> yes, yeah, I don't know how many times I, and I think this would especially relate to INFJ sixes, maybe more than INFJs of other types, but I've anticipated mm -hmm. something negative. I've been like, what if this happens? I think this is probably an end like, no, Susie, like it's going to be fine. And almost, I feel like eight out of 10 times the thing I anticipated happens. And I feel like that sounds really arrogant of me to be like, I can read the future. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I definitely have my weaknesses. I want people to know I'm not think, saying I have like wizard superpowers here or anything like that. But um, that's one thing I think INFJs kind of universally experience a lot in life is whether they're anticipating or foretelling something good or bad, people kind of questioning them and second guessing them and doubting them um, on a pretty regular basis. And then when it happens, a lot of times people forget that you said this would happen. So it's an interesting experience. It, it really is. Um, I think, so I listened to this recent 
video where Otim, shout out to Otim, uh, he talked about how NI for him is like a brain fog. And from this, he tries to fixate on finding clarity. So he's mm -hmm. like, so here's the brain fog and your brain is just trying to fixate on the clarity and like narrowing down and condensing and yeah. to get a takeaway from it. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I like uh, to contrast it with SE, which is our inferior function. And because I'm married to an SE dominant type, I can see the contrast all day, every day. Um, they like when he is describing something, he talks about his brain as being like filing cabinets. <laughs> and he has a very um, almost photographic memory, which is something that not all SE doms have photographic memories, but they tend to remember everything in like very vivid detail and very precisely. Whereas for me, I will remember the impressions of things. And with a lot of NI dumps, you remember the impression or the gist of it, but your brain, rather than being like a neatly organized row of filing cabinets is more like a giant web um, or a cloud. You know, he was talking about fog, cloud, fog. It's just like, here's all this impressionary stuff. Um, and so sometimes when we try to recall something as we're explaining something, rather than having those precise details, like maybe a, a sensor would, we're trying to verbalize it and we, it's harder for sometimes for us to recall that those specific, the imagery or the specific details, but we explain things through those impressions and we're trying to condense it, like you said, and find what is the gist or the main, yeah. the main point that we were trying to communicate. Absolutely. Yeah, I really like that like analogy or metaphor, like the web or the cloud. It's a really good way of putting like intuition where like any and NI kind of feel like an interconnected web or an in like sometimes people use the analogy of like post-it notes. It's like a million post-it notes and then they're yeah. trying to like find the lines between the post-it notes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like sensors, they're more like detail-y. So it's actually like file cabinet-y. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say more so for SI, but it, it applies to sensors in general because there's a ability to uh, grasp detail on a more crisp level. Like it, it's like uh, sensors have an acumen for detail uh, that yeah. intuitives, sometimes it gets lost on intuitives. <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah, exactly. And I feel like there's this cloud of information kind of swirling around in my brain at all times. And then I'll experience something or I see something and it's like a clue and it like becomes bright in my brain. And then it's like, then all the connections just somehow immediately happen, kind of like lightning bolts in the cloud. It's like, oh, this person made this face or said this word or whatever it is that connects with this thing, with this thing, with this thing. And all of a sudden it's like a connect the dots picture that just suddenly became revealed to me. And now I know this is what that means. And I think that's what they talk about when they're talking about, you know, the aha moment of introvert intuition or the, the sudden realization of things that seems almost inexplicable. Like if someone were to ask you, how did you come up with that insight? It would be hard to backtrack and explain the exact linear progression to that insight. But it, for me, that's how it happens. Um, and I've never spoken to other NJs who experience a very similar thing. Um, I don't know if you, you probably, I know you have too. Yeah, it, it's like you, you've realized all the lines connecting between the post-it notes and you're like, um, you realize the impact of the pattern. So you notice this general impression has some sort of profound sort of insight to understanding something deeper so you're like oh this brings me deeper into the onion layers and you're like wow yes and then your brain mm -hmm. it, it 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 crystallizes it it yeah. internalizes it like you know introverted sensing it'll internalize and crystallize sensory impressions well introverted intuition um when introverted intuition makes the connections and it's solid, they'll crystallize and they'll solidify and they'll internalize patterns. Um, that's why they can predict because through pattern recognition, they can predict the trajectory of the patterns. Um, yes. Yeah. That's and a perfect example of it. <laughs> You're very good at describing this. 
you're good too. You're <laughs> and we're just building off of each other's great okay? <laughs> team effort. So with NI, something I noticed too is that it is kind of like I totally forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah. Um it has like it is very um it it funnels concepts to the end. I see introverted intuition as a conceptual finisher. So you know yeah. like and like extroverted intuition in contrast, like any it, it starts ideas, many ideas. Yeah. Um, I he I heard this analogy before where extroverted intuition is like planting seeds in a garden, like extroverted intuition is just planting so many seeds, mm. but NI is planting like this one tree, like mm. introverted intuition is like planting this one tree that will grow to fruition. So like it, like NI is against like half doing things. It needs to full do things. So it full yeah. does conceptualizations, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. Cause like judges are known to be finishers. Mm -hmm. And NJs are abstract. So introverted intuition, they, they finish ideas to the end. They take that tree and they grow it all the way up. They, so that's another way of seeing an eye. <laughs> Definitely. And that's, I think, explains also why so many um, INJs in particular get really frustrated by sensory interruptions and chaos um, in the outside world. Because we, when we have an idea or when we're following a pattern, we think best when it's quiet. We think best when it's still. And um, we want to finish that thought. We want to finish following that trail to see where it leads. And if someone interrupts us or if there's like bright lights or music playing or whatever it is in the background, it's just like debilitating to our ability to synthesize all that information. Um, and even Dario Nardi in his book um, mentions that. He mentions that NI dominant types need to be able to find, and I'm not, these aren't his exact words because I don't have it memorized, but something about they need to be able to be in a quiet, sensory-free zone to be able to get, get into a flow state, to be able to have those, those intuitions that are really powerful to them. That's so true. It's kind of like they need to be able to follow a ripple to its beginning. So mm -hmm. we talked about ripple effects at the beginning. So NI is basically to understand something truly, you have to trace it back to the conceptual beginning. So it's kind of like it has to follow its train of thought, like while it's going back up the ripple. And if you interrupt it, then you're stopping it from understanding the whole idea in its entirety. I kind of yeah. see like NI as wanting to understand ideas in all its states, like liquid, solid, gas. And mm -hmm. if you interrupt it in its ability to understand the states, then it's going to like get frazzled. It's like, or jarred. Yeah. And it's like, cause to understand things, it needs to follow this uh, train to its destination. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think I feel bad that I keep using these examples, but I think always for me, it helps when I see a contrast to understand something. And um, so for me, like SE being the inferior, the opposite of NI, um, you know, SE dominant type, they want to stay tuned into all those things happening around them. And they like a lot of input and they like responding to it. And they like always being present to what's happening in their environment. And, um, so that's like their strong point and it's the you know exact opposite where we are like get all that stuff out of the way because that's not what interests me i don't care about the atmospheric level of what's going on around me i really just want to get deep into the roots of what's happening around me and exactly what you were saying um yeah, I think it's, it, you know, it can help people because I know a lot of times I've spoken to a lot of ISFPs who mistype design of J's mm -hmm. and they would, because SE and NI are both like auxiliary and tertiary for them, they can relate to both a little bit, like, yeah. um, but they relate more to I'm in tune with my environment and the details of my environment is important for me to stay into, tuned into than this conceptual probing that INJs are always wanting to do. Ooh, conceptual probing. That is such a good <laughs> word. 
Susan Storm. Yeah. And I just feel like conceptual probing. So it's like, and, and why? And it's like, it's always asking like, well, what does this mean on another layer? Like it, it notices when there's something missing from completely understanding something and it's going like, well, this part, and then this part needs to be explored more. So like NI is a perceiving function. So it's kind of like trying to perceive the totality of the concept, but in a very like narrowed down um, way. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Even when I've noticed even in, just in writing, when you're write, talking to an NI user, so an NJ versus an NP or even an SJ sometimes, NJs will be very like to the point um, a lot of times. Like here's summing up this, now summing up that, now summing up that, now summing up that. And um, NPs can be more descriptive and flowing and more um, uh, random a lot of times. Um, even in, you know, in Jamie Wilson's articles, she, her writing, she finds all these random humorous connections that she puts into her articles that are really funny and they, they're very engaging, very relatable. Um, and then con contrasting that to my writing as an NJ is very, and I've had other NJs do some guest writing for me and it's very similar. It's here's this point and this point is very structured. Um, and because by the time you're writing, your NI has kind of filtered out to get to this, the main point you're trying to get across. Which yeah. can make it, make it clear. Sometimes it lacks that like humorous um, kind of random uh, description sometimes that NPs and SJs can put in there though. That's so true. Um, I really liked how you analyze the NJ writing. Um, I, I think that NJ writing is very cohesive. So when you read it, it's all a cohesive piece pointing at a specific main point. And it's very like, um, everything is structured around this cohesive thing. And it's, it kind of says something about the NJ brain, where it's mm. kind of like looking to find the overarching thing and to make uh, to structure their perception of reality into a cohesive uh, NI point. <laughs> Definitely. I, I completely agree with you. It's awesome. amazing to see the very consistent differences between, sorry, I keep moving around guys, by the way. We're moving really soon, so almost all of our stuff is packed up. So I'm just holding the computer on my lap and it's kind of wobbly so no worries that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the move is cool um also dario nardi calls uh, nj's or uh, ni generalists and i think there's yeah. something to um, unpack here because um nj's kind of figure out how like the se fits into a general point so you could take mm. all these points and fit into this general category I don't know what to call it, maybe like a NI basket or a, a category, because mm -hmm. they kind of realize how everything has a general point that is the same, and then they'll group it together, narrow it down, funnel it into this specific thing. Um, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So NI users, they kind of gleam wisdom and insight because they're able to grasp generalizations very well from specific events. They'll go like, well, the main points from these events, which main, main points are always a like kind of generalization because you're, it, it's, it's a understanding or a life lesson that isn't, like it can apply to many sorts of things. Like there's a universal quality to to ni too that i want to go through but i don't know how to flush it out <laughs> it's it's very difficult like I, I i understand what you're saying because i can picture it in your head in my head sorry not your head um but then trying to explain it in words again that's where you the ni dom runs into problems where they're like oh yeah i understand that now now to put words behind the vision and that's the hard part but yes i um we, because I, we see patterns and impressions rather than the specific literal details all the time, we can 
grasp kind of the gist of things quickly um and where someone's going like even when someone's talking we're like oh i know where this this is going to head because i've heard this you know we've picked up on these kinds of patterns and so we know this conversation is going to go in this particular direction it's going to end with this person saying this and wanting this effect um and so because we that's our natural way of of interpreting things and experiencing things we kind of automatically assume that everyone else is the same way and to a certain extent just because everyone does that way everyone just assumes and so even when we're explaining ourselves a lot of times we're like they don't want to hear all the lead up to this all the i'm just going to get to the point and say this is what i'm going to sum up what i was saying and get to the main points and then sometimes we lose people because they're like wait <laughs> you just said Z, but you didn't say A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, and so we're like, oh, wait, right, because I'm, I'm thinking, I don't want to waste this person's time, so um, I don't know if that made any sense, or if that it all relates to what you were, hopefully oh, that's yeah. related to what you're saying. You make perfect sense to me. Um, I would say that, especially like INFJs with TI, like TI has this, in third slot, has a tendency of data dumping. So it's kind of like, I don't know which data is relevant to efficiency. So I'm going to give a few pieces of data and I might accidentally overwhelm you because I don't like, I don't know. It's something yeah. I learned at Personality Hacker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you mean by like, just so that I'm like, what do you mean by overwhelming someone with the, the TI data? So like INFJs, like they want to lead you up to their conclusion, but it's mm -hmm. kind of like, they want to give you the TI information so you can figure it out for yourself. Uh, yeah. People don't want to just figure it out for themselves. Yeah. So you're just overwhelming them with your process. Um, yes. <laughs> it's, it's really funny because, um, again, I'm just going to keep using my husband as an example, but I feel like it just helps explain. Um, as an ESTP, when he's telling a story, he will start at the very beginning and he'll be like, so one day I was doing this. And he'll put in all these details and he'll keep going through the story. And, and I'm thinking all these details are so irrelevant, <laughs> like not, not every time. Right. Okay. But like, um, there are times I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. Like, you know, the grass was this color or, you know, that, um, but these details really don't matter. What's the, you know, what's the main point of what you're going to say? And his, but his stories are actually a lot more interesting to a lot of people because he's a good storyteller and he puts in all that information. Whereas when I'm telling a story, like if someone were to ask me about the synopsis of a movie or something like that, I'd be like, uh, it's about, you know, a girl who meets a guy in outer space and something happens, you know, like, I just would be like, I would not be able to give a really in exciting or thorough synopsis because I would think, they'll get the point here, you know, here's the general idea. And here's a few, like you said, TI data points, but they'll be able to come to their own conclusions and they don't want to hear me describe the whole movie. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I relate to that so much. Um, when you said like, I'll just be thinking that's so irrelevant. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I relate to that. Like, 10, <laughs> it's like someone will be describing the details, but I'm like, what does the detail have to link to the main point? And then yes. I'm like, but there is no link. So you're just listening to detail. <laughs> oh, I know. And it's, I feel like, especially where I live now and I'm okay. Listen, like I love all the different personality types. I really, really do. I do not think I'm superior to them in any way. It's just, we all have our little pet peeves about different types that we just have. And it's like, becoming aware of them can be a really good thing because you can stop yourself from being judgy about it. But I end up around a lot of people who go into a lot of detail. Um, like uh, my mom and my brother, when they, um, they're both censors. And um, when they're, they'll be like, oh, we watched a movie. And I was like, oh, was it good? And they'll say yes. And then they will tell me the entire story of the whole movie from beginning to end like everything that happened. And I'm just like, well, now I don't, like, all I needed to know was, you know, like, it was powerful. I would give it five stars, you know, like, that was the main point, um, you know, and, and then there, you know, and, and all that detail, like, I tend to find drawn out detailed conversation really dull, um, unless yes. it's meaningful. 
Like, unless it's like there's some meaning that anyone can derive from it, or because I'm an INFJ and I have FE, if someone's telling me something personal that's like they want advice or help or counseling or just to vent to me about maybe personal or emotional issues that they need solidarity for, mm-hmm. I don't tend to find that boring. That's so true. I 110,000% related to <laughs> like finding details dull and I, like, and then, but if it's emotional details, it's good. Like if it's linked yeah. to a person's humanity, it gives me like a, something to work with because I really like inferring human, like human patterns. So when you tell yeah. me about your problems, it's like, um, material I can organize or like understand more cohesively about you as a human or about the human condition or about um mental illnesses that are common in culture or but it leads me to something my ni my intuitive side can eat like it's kind of like um intuitives uh take patterns as mental nutrition like and it's Mm kind of like if you don't provide me a pattern with your details I'll feel like I'm starved of nutrition. Like I don't have the nutrition I need for my brain to feel active. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I, I completely agree with that. Um, And I love hearing when people come to me, especially if they're like in crisis, which is funny. Like a lot of people don't like talking to people in crisis, but I actually enjoy talking to people in crisis um, because not only are they giving me information about them, which is a feeler, I'm interested in those personal like what makes people tick, but they're wanting something out of it. And my NI is trying, has to figure out what do they want out of it? What's they're going to hand me this mess of information, emotional data. And then I sort through it and go, what are they trying to find with this mess of emotional data? And because of that, it feeds that, you know, NI nutrition that you're talking about, um, kind of trying to decode the meaning of all of it. So that can be something where I think a lot of, I think David Kiersey called INFJs the counselors. I could be wrong, but I think that's what he called them. I think that's one of the reasons that NFJs tend to make very good counselors is because they enjoy collecting that emotional data and trying to process it and help people with it. Yeah, it's like, I love collecting emotional information and then finding like the cause so I can help people with their issues at the most fundamental level. Or it's like, I want to give them something that's not a Band-Aid solution. So it's like, I'm looking at the long range conceptual understanding of the problem. And I'm going like, how can I help them in the most long term way that I can? Um, but my but my extroverted feeling is like how can I say it in a way that they'll accept and like how much of this is will will be okay to them so sometimes I I cut off my ni truths because I don't think it's in the specific context where it will be received so yeah. I'll try to put it in a more socially appropriate way but sometimes yeah sometimes you can get very niti about it. And then yeah. you're like, okay, well, here's why this happened. So I don't know why you're upset because clearly the root of the problem is this. And, um, you know, and one thing you'll find is INFJs in relationships, it can't keep that FE mode going constantly. And so people who I notice who are, are married to INFJs or long-term friends even with them are like, they actually have like a very critical judgmental side about them. Yes. It's just that because they can't, I was noticing it. Um, I mean, my husband knows this, um, but like, I, I'll ha- if I have people over or something like that, I'm, I put on my FE face, like, "Hey, how are you doing?" Big smiles, like lots of affirmations, like um, caring very much. And then they go, and I've worn out my FE, and I'm just like, I come into our room. I'm not like mean or anything. <laughs> it's just like I don't want to do that anymore because it's not, you know, for INFJs, it's not our dominant function. It's not our flow state it's our second in command it's and it needs a break and so once that's turned off we can be very like emotionally uninvolved and critical uh or it's like yeah so sometimes if i've put in a lot of fe like maybe into my children or something like that because around my children it's like fe all the time um and then you know i'm dealing with some and i've used up a lot of that energy and then around someone and they're talking to me about their emotional problems, sometimes 
rather than being that warm, accommodating, accepting person, I can be very like, well, here's why that happened. And here's what's going to happen if you do this. And it's like all the warmth is turned off. And it can be very like jarring to some people because they're like, wait a minute, I was counting on you to be empathetic and all these things. And then later I will have remorse over being so direct about it. Yeah, that's relatable. Hashtag relatable. It, it's <laughs> kind of like, and I, it has the component of uh, distance to understand patterns. So like NI is seeing things from a bird's eye view. So it's kind of like yeah. detaching itself even from its own perspective to yes. understand the situation in its totality. So it's kind of like INFJs have this um, surprisingly distant or detached way of like viewing the world or themselves at certain points because it helps them get into this mode of seeing it for what it really is yeah yeah no i um and that's one thing that i, I struggled with sometimes when i got my mbti certification is the way that they differentiated between do you, you have an mbti certification too don't you yeah i'm a certified practitioner as well hey. yeah. <laughs> so you'll you'll know what i'm discussing when they say feelers step into the situation mm. the difference between feelers and thinkers is step in versus step out so feelers step into a situation yes understand what people need and, and tune into the emotional realm whereas thinkers step out and I feel like as an INFJ I, I kind of do both like I I step out to try to get it's like I imagine myself standing on the edge of a cliff looking down at the problem so I'm outside of the situation and then going and then looking at both the emotional components and people's needs but also looking at like the logical patterns and things as well um it's not just um stepping in feels so like uh i don't know what i'm trying to think of, suffocating to me it's like no it's more i don't know i feel like i'm not explaining this very well at all but what you were saying about bird's eye view is very very true i think infjs are always trying to get above the situation so that they can see it clearly and detach like you said detach from your own perspective Imagine it from everyone's perspectives to see where everyone's coming from to look for any hidden data points or any hidden patterns you might not have noticed or be aware of. Yeah, I love the the analogy or the metaphor you used about standing on a cliff and seeing something down below. That's how it feels like. Um, like I feel like I'm um, I'm a satellite, like looking at the Earth from far away, but there's this yeah. distance. Um, and so. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you explained no. it perfectly well. I like it, it was like so clear to me when you said it. Um, and with the stepping in and stepping out, like in introverted functions uh, work together, and extroverted functions tend to work together. So when the INFJ is engaged in introverted intuition, it tends to be also followed by a little bit of TI because like they they're kind of in the same world. So when yeah. In the introverted world, the INFJ will be using both introverted intuition and introverted thinking. So they can be confused. They're like, okay, so I feel in the middle of the thinker and feeler dichotomy. And that's normal yeah. for someone with feeling and thinking as the auxiliary and the tertiary. Those are very easy to, to see. Like the like it, it can be hard to know which one you are because your your inner world will feel more real as an introvert. So you're gonna go like, well, um, you're good at doing maybe the stepping in, but you also are really good at doing the stepping out. Um, and it's kind of like with- oh, You there? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know if it's on my end or what, but it, it just froze up for like a couple minutes. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, or... for sure. Um, okay. No worries. Uh, so <laughs> I guess I'll continue off with that. Um, so as an introvert, the INFJ is going to relate more to their introverted functions because they're in the preferred world. Whereas like FE is higher up, but it's in the non-preferred world. So it's in the mm -hmm. extroverted world. So it's a little confusing for the INFJ. But the INFJ, when they employ like NITI, it, it is like it has a very humanistic element to it. Because um, when I talk to like actual thinkers, what they say is that they put aside emotions and the mm -hmm. thing is like what i'm what i'm doing is i'm not i'm not actually doing that i'm 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 using emotions but i'm putting mm -hmm. them into the equation it's just that i i'm seeing it from a cliff eyes view 
and yeah. trying to like work with that, but I'm not like pushing it like aside. <laughs> yeah, I find that when I do have an emotional reaction to something, instead of expressing it right away or believing it even right away, I have to get above it. I have to climb that cliff, get above it, and go, okay, is my emotional experience, does it match up with TI? <laughs> is it accurate? And also, and I, like, let me look at all the patterns and perspectives, and, like, am I really, so there's not an instinctive trust of the first emotional impression, which I think is different for, like, FI users, where it's like, ooh, I feel this emotion, what is it telling me, and what's the, you know, what are my feelings, trying? they're trying to guide me in some way. Um, there's more to FI, obviously, than just emotion, so I'm not trying to say that, but, but yeah, I don't, I think for INFJs, because it's about pr perspective shifting, like personality hacker talks about it, perspective shifting, and then the big picture and noticing those patterns when you, you feel something, it's, it's hard to, for you to extract, extract its meaning and trust it right away. Yes. Because you analyze it through TI quite a bit before you accept that emotion as yeah being a tr being true yeah um and to to stay to be able to shift perspectives you have to not be too attached to your own perspective because that will bias your ability to shift between them so mm -hmm. like i think ni doms kind of know that so they they maintain like a weak tie to their own perspective as well because they don't want it to 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 dirty the water of their perspective shifting yes so that's why like NI doms, um, their personal identity might be nebulous. Like they mm -hmm. might have a hard time figuring out who they are because they, to, to be too solidified in that would prevent them from perspective shifting at maximal capacity. Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I feel like as I go through my day, I future uh, process thing, like future whatever the word was, future guess or whatever. And then I'm also thinking, um, what, what is this, how is this going to impact this person or this person or this person? Um, and I like to be changeable. Like, I like having my mind changed. I don't feel, uh, there are certain things, like if I have an uh, insight about something, the way something is going to unfold, because, uh, you know, introvert intuition is subjective in a way, once we do get a kind of an insight about this is what's going to happen, or this is the deeper meaning. Sometimes we can be very stubborn about that, or the right way to go to achieve a specific goal or objective. But mm -hmm. as far as a lot of things, I like having my mind open to different perspectives so I can easily change to find the most accurate path. Um, and to be able to fully process alternate perspectives yeah yeah I'm yeah it's kind of like ni is taking multiple perspectives but they're trying to find the most true perspective so it's yeah. like well if i were to take all the parts that are actually like like that are good about all these perspectives and i were to make a most true one what would that be and yeah. what would that mean for the future what would that mean for the impact of other things um, definitely so that's how it feels. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, what you said about uh, identity being somewhat nebulous, I think is very true too, because I think uh, whereas for FPs, it's, it's a very, finding their identity is a very important thing, and then living a life that coincides with that identity so you have your cause um, and a lot of FPs mistype as INFJs, so if you're FP, you might have something that's very important to you. Maybe it's um, the environment or something like that. And you, because that's such a major part of your cause and your identity is being this person who makes a difference in that way, you put your life on that <clears throat> trajectory to improve that. Um, but you have a sense of this is, you know, who you are. You're trying to find that. So you can live in alignment with that and do things that are important to that all the time. Whereas INFJs are much more, um, I think, generalists, like Dario Nardi said, because it's more about what is kind of the, the grand scheme of everything. What's the entire dance of the whole universe? 
and kind of just being open to all these different things coming from the universe sounds really like kind of uh, odd in that way. But if you're tied to one particular perspective, then you might miss on the whole big picture. And so that's something we don't want to do. Yes. So it's kind of like for the NI user, the priority is the big picture. So like even their own identity or their own sense of self goes below the big picture, like wanting to understand the big picture truly because it's a perceiving function. It wants to have like the clearest picture of the big picture and it'll stack things below that. Like uh, identity is less important or like the thing is like we don't even know we're doing that but from what happens like we don't really know who we are it like it shows what our priority is (laughs) so yeah yeah i completely agree Um, yeah and a nice way to put an eye or like perceiving in general is an elephant uh analogy that a lot of people use it's like if you touch like there are five blind men touching an elephant one feels its ears, one feels its tail, one feels its back, one feels its little toenails. And through the blind men, you get like a sense of how the elephant is. And that's Mm -hmm. how like perceiving functions operate. It's kind of like they're feeling for the different parts of the elephant and slowly piecing it together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's it. I love that example. I think, was it Dario Nardi who- A lot of people- Dario yeah. Nardi, um, Linda Barron, wait, okay, oh, wow. that's, that's, that might be wrong. Um, Dario, Lenore, Denzel, I've, I've heard it from. Plus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an excellent example. Um, yeah, NI doesn't always know exactly what it's sifting through sometimes. Um, and because you said NITI works together, like TI, I always imagine TI is like someone having a sifting through sand and seeing what's left when all the inaccuracies are sifted away and all the, all the, um, you know, biases and, you know, just junk that we collect throughout our lives is sifted away. What's the truth? I think when you have NI and TI combined, you have this very, um, the, the sifting through things for truth, but also openness to more information to sift through it all, all the time, because you're like, um, I, and I went blank there too. You said something that made me think of something and I was like, wow, that's really profound. And that makes me think of this thing. And then like, as I was just focused on TI, I lost my NI point. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. I, I, I relate. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Oh, like- the elephant. <laughs> the elephant. You were talking about the elephant. I was like, yeah, NI is like, it, it can take, and it can take INJs quite a while sometimes to decide on something or to, to set their mind on something because they feel like they have to do so much feeling around the so many of the blind men feeling around to find what something really means um and so sometimes i think to like a se dom it looks like so say i'm i'm trying so hard to find what the in the inside part of the onion right <laughs> we talked about the <laughs> onion that he's like why aren't you just chopping the onion and cooking it already you know what i mean like um cuz ESPs are like, all right, there's all this stuff happening around us. Let's immediately interact with this world. Like, see the elephant, get on the elephant, ride the elephant. Don't need to, like, understand all the facets of the elephant. Um, Let's just immediately engage. Um, And so I think sometimes, like, ESPs or even sensors of any kind, it's like, we'll be like, I've seen a, a picture and it's like, the intuitive is, how can I solve world hunger? Like, we need to look at all these things related to world hunger and the sensor's like, all right, but we need to cook dinner now. Like we need to fix dinner now. So. Yeah. It's kind of like you're stuck with finding the meaning of the elephant, but you don't really know what the elephant is yet. So the elephant is kind of nebulous because you want to be like crystal clear when you actually get the elephant and you know yeah. when you don't completely have it. So that's why, like I, I said the, brain fog too because it's kind of like you know when you don't know it fully so mm-hmm. it kind of feels like you're stuck in suspension but you want to close the loop you want to get it more but you don't yeah. have that piece to to complete it and it's like yeah. infuriating <laughs> but yeah. oh yeah I hate leaving things like open-ended 
it's a very much a judger thing. It's very you know, judger. Like, <laughs> I have to resolve a problem, which is, um, yeah, I have to know, I have to, to analyze it from a very detached perspective right away, like that whole bird's eye view thing and kind of understand it. And then it's like, but I want to solve it. And I want to yes. get to the end of it and that leaving anything like unsolved. Yes. And what, in a concrete way, it's like if you were watching a show on Netflix or something like that and it leaves off on a cliffhanger, it's like, if I don't get to the end, I will lay in bed at night. And because it's an unfinished loop in my brain, it's like it's looping around going, you know, what's going to happen to Eleven and the, you know, the, the monster and Stranger Than <laughs> And it's like, I'm trying to solve it. I'm trying to anticipate and use the clues that I picked up on to solve the mystery. And I'm not okay. Whereas my husband, he's totally fine. He's like, okay, turn it off. I'm going to go do something else now. And like, <laughs> no, he's okay with leaving it hanging. Um, and I know I'll have a hard time sleeping, even though I know it's stupid and it's just a show and it doesn't have any relevance to my day-to-day life. I know my brain can't like leave that loop unfinished. So I'm more the kind of person if I, if I'm going to watch a show, I'd rather just stay up all night, binge the whole entire thing, get to the end, and then not watch any shows for like five months. Because there's almost a torment for me when yes. I find a show I like. Because it's like, because INFJs are one thing at a time people. You know, we, we want to process the whole thing. Um, I find that if I'm invested in a TV show or a book, it's like, I don't want to stop till the entire thing is done. So I don't let myself watch a lot of TV or shows or, or anything like that because otherwise it'll distract me from all the things I really need to do. Um, and so I've realized I just can't, <laughs> like, I can't watch them very often. I, I relate to the wanting to tie loose ends and it's like a compulsion. It's like you, it's a, an, an itch you can't scratch if you don't tie the loose end. It's torment. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I, a, it's I, like I a hiccup in your brain. It's like, you're trying to distract yourself and it's like hiccup no you gotta pay attention go back to the go back to the unfinished story yeah oh man I relate so much <laughs> but yes I guess that's the end to the NI episode um Susan Storm I loved having you on you have a wonderful website I love psychology junkie you have like so many great articles and oh, I love your you. test by the way guys you know try it out <laughs> you know I find a lot of my censored friends test correctly as a sensor on your test. So, you know, that's a success for typology. You're, you're leading them on the step to the right direction. <laughs> so like, I really just appreciate your website and just who you are. And like, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I enjoyed for having me. with you. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Awesome. Well, pleasure to speak to you, Susan. Um, if you like this video, like and subscribe. You can check out Susan in the links below. And have a great life, and I hope the world treats you well uh, wherever you are. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks, everyone.